Well, hello everyone. My name is Jacob Emerson with Becker's Hospital Review. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast Series. Today, I'm very pleased to be joined by Amy Coletti, who is the principal at ECG Management Consultants, and Kevin Dowdy, who's an associate principal at ECG. They're both here to discuss key trends and effective strategies for payer contract negotiations. Amy and Kevin, thank you both so much for being here with us today. Thank you, Jacob. Yes, thank you, Jacob. Appreciate being here. Well, with that, let's dive right in. The first thing I wanted to ask you, Amy, is the complex payer environment. We know that it's always changing. So talk to us a little bit about the key facts you think our listeners should know about negotiating with this industry right now. Thank you, Jacob. Good question. Um, so first, I just want to say payers use their own customized reimbursement methodologies. No two reimbursement methodologies are the same from payer to payer. A few payers may follow Medicare methodology, but not many. So it's really critical that you confirm your payer's fee schedule for your contract negotiations and if they are making any updates for a contract renewal. And so be sure to obtain the payer's fee schedule file um, as you get started with negotiations. Also keep in mind, uh, payers can even change methodologies by updating their grouper mapping or fee schedule without renegotiating the contract. Uh, this enables payers to unilaterally change or reduce reimbursement, of course, which isn't good. So it's important to monitor those updates from payers on their websites or via emails that may impact your fee schedule or contract uh, negotiations. Um, one other um, fact to kind of think about is several payers across the country are developing site of service policies to direct care to ASCs and other lower cost settings. So this can be advantageous for ASCs, it's great for our industry, as cases will shift to the ASC setting, but it also means it is critical you have appropriate rates in place for each of those, uh, with each of those payers before you uh, perform the cases. Uh, so it's important to understand your costs um, as you are negotiating so that you can have reasonable and adequate reimbursement for cases. Um, so you'll need to determine your uh, costs for cases, your overhead to ensure you negotiate the right rates uh, for those surgeries uh, because you don't want to perform cases at low rates. Uh, then the payer thinks you can afford it and you don't want to send that message to payers, of course. So one other uh, key point I just want to touch on um, is payer consolidation. It's, um, it's kind of a, a topic that we, um, you know, we watched in the news over the years, but what I want to just mention related to negotiations is it's critical that if you receive a, a small payer contract through the, you know, in the mail or via email, don't just sign it. Uh, down the road, a large payer may acquire that small payer and then have access to those low rates. So just be aware, don't sign a, you know, any contract that you receive in the mail because you think it's low volume, that payer may be acquired uh, in the future. So hopefully those are some key tips. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah, and that's a really interesting point, Amy, of really thinking about the future of M&A uh, in regards to payers and how that could affect the, a contract down the road. But what I'm hearing you say overall, though, is that payer, you need to really pay attention to payers' fee schedules, methodologies, and then site-of-service policies, because these can all be different across different companies. 
Um, you mentioned reimbursements, Amy. Talk to us a little bit about payer trends that you're expecting to have the greatest impact on reimbursements, specifically for ASCs and also hospitals going forward. Absolutely. Payers are focused on reducing the total cost of care. It's the message we keep hearing, whether we're talking about, you know, from hospital, the hospital world to the ASC world, it's it's critical. Employer groups are demanding lower premiums and uh, being able to lower their healthcare costs so they can continue to offer benefits to their employees. Uh, for example, some employer groups are requesting lower cost, narrow networks uh, so that they can still offer benefits. And so that that we've seen payers setting up lower rates for those narrow networks compared to commercial rates or employers are accessing uh, exchange plan networks that in some cases already have lower rates. So we're, we're seeing that trend as, you know, just with inflation and the economy, um, there's, there's movement towards lower cost plans. Um, another trend, and we were talking about cases migrating to lower cost settings. And that that starts from inpatient to HOPD to ASCs and even to the office as payers are trying to push cases to the lowest and most efficient cost uh, setting. And so payers are finding ways to incentivize that. And whether it's, um, we've seen it with pain management, for example, uh, some payers have lowered the ASC reimbursement to incentivize cases to move to office settings. So they're paying lower rates to the ASC to try to drive those cases to the office. Uh, similarly with, um, you know, hospitals and, and ASCs trying to drive that cost down. Also with site of service, we're seeing payers such as United, Cigna, some of the blues plans across the country and others, I'm sure too. They've established um, what are called site of service policies for certain procedures. And they may have, um, or often have a list uh, on their website where if a case is done in the ASC, the uh, provider doesn't have to have an authorization, but an auth would be required for the hospital. So of course there are exceptions. Some patients need to have hospital level care, but the hospital is going to have to go through an authorization process to prove medical necessity. And along those lines, um, with site of service differentials, uh, some payers have established a lower out-of-pocket cost for a patient to have surgery in an ASC or an office versus a hospital setting. Uh, so maybe the coinsurance or copay is lower, but the patient could still have the surgery at the hospital if you know there's medical necessity or other um, issues for that member uh, that would require a hospital-level care. Um, and one other thing uh, I want to just mention with a trend is, you know, with the consolidation with some of the payers, United, um, Aetna, they've really, in the economy, United has established a national contracting team for ASCs, and they've really scaled back on their collaboration with ASCs in the past few years. Um, and we're seeing a little bit of that with Aetna and after the CBS merger, where these payers just aren't as collaborative with providers as they used to be. Uh, they're very focused on their total cost of care and bottom line, whether it's with an ASC or a hospital and really pushing back on rate discussions. 
So when you go into your rate negotiations, it's really important to have your business case ready, have data available to back up why why you're asking for those rate increases and and, and show the show the payer the cost and what why you're asking for that. So those are some of the key trends that I think um, everybody should be aware of. Fantastic. Well, it's so interesting to hear you say that, Amy, that payers really are now not as focused on these contract negotiations as they had been in the past. Kevin, talk to us a little bit about then what you think the key steps are to finding success in these contract negotiations. Yeah, thank you, Jacob. Yeah, that's a I think that's we could probably spend the next half hour talking about those uh, steps, but let me uh, let me try to distill that down into say maybe three or four uh, just kind of key areas or, or uh, topic areas that that you know everyone needs to kind of focus on when they are doing their negotiations and, and at the you know so step one would be uh, you know develop your managed care plan you know include things like you know identifying your contract needs uh, understanding your case mix and how your contracts. Um, you know, kind of uh, address those, uh, address those, you know, that's case mix or, you know, have you started any new services? Just again, just kind of understanding, you know, kind of where you are today and developing that plan. And one of the key pieces to that, I think certainly is uh, understanding your, uh, the ASC's um, healthcare ecosystem. Uh, you know, who are your competitors? You know, what are, what are the services that are being done in the hospital? What you know? What are the differentiating factors for your surgery centers compared to the competing surgery centers in your market? And all of that just kind of again, it's it's like a level setting of understanding who you are, and that's the first step of the process. Second step is is build out your business case, and this is essentially areas of talking points and your analytics to support your ask when it comes to your engagement with the health plans. This could be something like a value proposition um, if you're one of the services you're so you're expanding services and you're going to migrate cases out of hospital into an ASC. Uh, you know, understand you know how many cases uh, that may migrate. You know, what hospitals or other ASCs are they coming from? Uh, try to put some you know some thought into what uh, that might look like from an analytics perspective. And then, and I mentioned before, in kind of developing your plan on step one, but step two is you know be able to uh, it, it, as far as building the business case, be sure you can verbalize the market differentiating factors. You're going to need to be able to, to have that sales pitch, if you will, to the health plan. And so being able to you know, communicate it, understand how you're different and all of those things. Maybe it's a unique service. Maybe you have a robot that at the surgery center and, and others compete uh, in the market do not. Just again, just kind of understand you know, those market differentiating factors to help build that business case. And, and if you've been successful with understanding who you are in step one and step two, building your business case. Then step three, the negotiating process itself should be fairly easy. It's it's very intimidating. I, I get that, especially if you don't do managed care contracting every day. But, uh, you know, build off of, uh, you know, those first two pieces, kind of uh, foundational pieces for your for your talk and engagement with the health plan. Um, but don't be, uh, you know, don't be, or be sure rather, I guess, to, to do your homework. You know, do Know what your rate targets are. Know what your out the door ask is going to be. What your minimum kind of acceptable rates might be, um, and then certainly, last but not least, during the negotiation process, you know, make sure you're patient. Um, as much as it makes sense to have uh, a negotiation take place over a 10-minute conversation, that's not how the process works. Um, just be be patient. Understand that some contract negotiations could take upwards of a year. So plan ahead. Be patient. 
work through the multiple rounds of, of negotiations, certainly in that negotiation process. And then the fourth one, the fourth step of the process that I, I certainly think a lot of times is um, doesn't get as much effort or, or attention as it probably should because uh, you know you've negotiated the rates, you're excited, you've, you've accepted the rates, but then don't forget to negotiate your contract language. Um, you know, a simple one is review the contract before you sign it. It's always, you know, people make mistakes. It's, you know, it's, uh, it, it is, uh, it does occur and you definitely want to address those mistakes on the front end versus uh, after you sign the document. Um, once, and speaking of once you're signing it, you know, once that's signed, do a postmortem, see what you learn, you know, uh, throughout the process, what you could do better and uh, know that, you know, there's, this is always a, a growth and, and the next one is always going to be better. And then certainly, you know, Speaking of the next one, you know, contract negotiation is never done. So always be prepared. As soon as you sign one contract, start thinking in terms of the next one. Even if that means you've signed a three-year deal and it's, you know, you've got two and a half years before you need to reach out to the health plan, you know, keep in touch with your uh, contacts at that health plan so that you know who to call in a couple of years. Um, you know, come up with excuses to call them, uh, email them, whatever. Just stay in touch so that you know uh, who's who's over uh, your market and responsible for your contract. So. There's a lot of pieces there. Sorry, Jacob, you know, I, I put a lot of uh, words in there, but the idea is those kind of four key steps, I think, will help uh, create a successful negotiation. Yeah, absolutely. No, I really appreciate all the detail there, Kevin. A lot of really great insights. And just to recap, it sounds like the foundation for good contracting success is having a solid grasp of who you are, who you serve, and how you function within your market. Um, a- Amy had mentioned that some of the larger uh, players in insurance are kind of turning their attention away from ASCs, at least in the last few years. So how would you say that ASCs specifically can be strategic in these discussions that you just went through? Sure. No, that's a good question. And, and Amy's right. You know, a lot of the, you know, consolidation and, and reorganizations within their, um, uh, organ, you know, managed care departments has certainly changed how we address and, and you know, those contract negotiations and what, what used to be possibly the the success, and it's something that I've run into a lot of times in in my career, and it's it's what I call the more mantra. I don't care what it is, just give me more of it. You know, I, I think that's the opposite of where we are today. You know, being strategic, uh, and, you know, addressing you know your existing thinking of it in terms of like your existing business or new business, and for you know existing business, you know where are your cha- costs changing, you know, and so what can you do to address those? Is that uh, in the form of a, of a you know, carve out that may be needed, or is there a methodology uh, that can address a, a specific need uh, with respect to your existing business? And if you're talking about new business, then, you know, the obvious things that jump to mind are things like case migration and, and uh, you know, think through your service lines and the costs for these new service lines. Don't forget the capital fixed costs, uh, not to mention the, you know, the obvious variable case costs. You know, so there's a lot of things that go into it that'll help you be very strategic with your ask and where you set your bar and set your rate targets. Um, and then one thing, when it comes to new business, you know, all the doctors are eager, you know, when you, you get that new equipment, they wanna do the case, but if you don't have reimbursement rates that are uh, teed up, ready to go, don't do loss leader cases. Uh, as soon as you do those loss leader cases, it sets the precedent with the health plan that uh, the health that the service center is willing to accept a lower rate for the services. And you know, I'd highly recommend make sure you're very strategic and, and uh, hold off in performing those cases before you get the rates in the correct spot. But, uh, you know, I think one of the key areas, and, and I like using the word uh, strategy or strategic when it comes to your contract negotiations, the thing that supports that and drives that is data. 
So, so spend the time, put forth the effort to, to create your analytics, uh, use transparency information that's out in the public, uh, you know, on websites uh, to help support your case migration uh, opportunities and things of that nature. And then, you know, don't be shy with your data, share it with the health plan. You'd be surprised how much work the health plan contract negotiators have to go through with getting the approval within their leadership organization and providing the data from the surgery center and the talking points uh, will help those, uh, you know, the, the counterparts at the health plan be able to sell their the ask and get that rate increase that the surgery center is so desperately seeking. Wonderful. So many good insights and details in there. Kevin, Amy, thank you both so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you both. Same, Jacob. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jacob. Appreciate it. I'd also like to thank our podcast sponsor, ECG Management Consultants. You can tune into more podcasts from Becker's Healthcare by visiting our podcast page at beckershospitalreview.com.